Shotgun. Marino throws deep downfield. It is caught by Fryer. Touchdown! Touchdown Dolphins! With in-depth analysis on the Miami Dolphins. Courageous call! That's on fourth and five! Live from the DolphinsTalk.com studios. In my opinion, the greatest fans in the NFL... Miami Dolphin fans. DolphinsTalk.com daily. All right, Miami! Miami's got the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. Welcome to DolphinsTalk.com daily. This is not Mike. Uh, Mike is taking a day off. This is Tom Ernesty. Very happy to be here today uh, bringing you the daily show on DolphinsTalk.com. But I do have a very special guest on the other line. Uh, She just joined us uh, on DolphinsTalk.com. We're very excited to have Ashley join us. Ashley, thank you for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm also doing well. Uh, You know, first things first, uh, you're, of course, an avid Dolphins fan. You are a season ticket holder. Uh, with the team Uh, what started your passion for Miami Dolphins football and what are your favorite memories of the team growing up absolutely so being born and raised in central New Jersey like 20-25 minutes away from MetLife Stadium I was almost a Jets fan not gonna lie the whole family are all Jets fans yeah it was rough growing up everything was J-E-T-S Jets 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 Vinny Testaverde all of that and I just all of that Jetness made me turn against it so I can't really tell you that it was a, a moment where I got a Dan Marino jersey as a kid or anything. It, I think it was just the passion of the Jets fans just turned me against to be a, a Dolphins fan. And um, and it just, it just grew. And, uh, you know, watching some of my earlier games, um, Jake Long, Brian Hartline, and it just grew from there. And I can't really say it was an awe moment, but I really think it was those Jets fans that really turned me to be a Dolphins fan. So. Thank you, Jets. You know, I got a similar story. I'm, I'm in western New York. I'm an hour away from uh, Buffalo. So I live in what they call Bill's country and hashtag Bill's Mafia. Um, they That was also the same thing. Growing up, my, my family were just, they just hated the Buffalo Bills. And it just, it creeped into my head. And, you know, my first game that I watched was Dan Marino versus Jim Kelly in 91. The Dolphins lost that game on opening day. Uh, but that passion and just watching Dan Marino play kind of drove me to the Miami Dolphins. So we kind of had similar stories in regards of you growing up near uh, Jets, uh, Jets land and, of course, me in Buff- uh, near Buffalo. Uh, the hatred that we have for both those teams drove us to be fans of, of what we are today, Miami Dolphins fans. So Absolutely. that's awesome. Great. So, I love it. I, it's been wonderful. It's the best decision I ever made in my life. Now – you're uh let the, let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and then we'll get, actually get into uh your not your personal Twitter but the one Twitter page that you just started as well uh talking sports so uh where can everyone follow you on Twitter Okay so I just created a new site new Twitter everything called Savage Girl Sports so follow me on Twitter Savage Girl Sports my website is www.savagegirlsports.com. That's the best way to follow me. It's a newer site. Also, with Instagram, official Savage Girl Sports, you can find me. So, again, it's a newer site. I've developed this actually just this week. 
Um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback, so I do look forward to growing this into a bigger platform. But right now you can find me at Savage Girl Sport at Twitter or www.savagegirlsports.com, Instagram, official Savage Girl Sports. Awesome. Um, so what kind of content they can, can they find on uh, your, uh, your website as well as your Twitter feed? Yeah, so I was originally going to just stick to be all about the Dolphins. And, you know, that really is where my heart's at. But I do love all sports as a whole. So I also have a huge, huge obsession with the Boston Red Sox. The only Boston New England team that I have any feelings for is the Red Sox. And I also love the Miami Heat. So you are going to see content from around um, different sports as a whole, NBA, NFL, MLB, um, there's going to be different podcasts, mostly video podcasts. I'll have my weekly NFL predictions. As uh, the MLB season starts approaching us, I'll start covering some spring training predictions, some interviews. Um, I'll also bring on some current and former athletes, do some activities with them. And I really hope to get involved with um, the community as a whole, especially in South Florida, integrating current and current and former athletes seeing what they're doing for this community down here, um, bringing positive vibes for the area. So a little bit of everything, podcasts, videos, predictions, fantasy, um, pretty much everything you can encompass I, I plan on doing in the near future. Excellent. So everybody, make sure you go and follow her on, on Twitter and also go to her webpage. Uh, excellent, excellent start. You know, uh, started yesterday. You had your first uh, – uh, video uh, regarding an e- the Eli Manning situation in New York that it, you know that was fantastic and of course your first article that showed up on DolphinsTalk.com as well uh, go check out our website go read that article Ashley does a fantastic job and we're very excited to have her aboard uh, helping us with Miami Dolphins coverage. Um, no problem. So now uh, that we are, uh, we, you're on our first uh, live podcast, and it, we have a game upcoming on Monday night against the despicable New England Patriots. The evil empire comes to South Florida in prime time. The Dolphins are zero and three in prime time games this season. Um, do you believe that there will be a turnaround this week and the Dolphins get off the schneid on prime time, or do you believe that they're that they they'll go zero and four in their prime time games this year? You know, it, this prime time curse needs to stop. If we don't have any prime time games next year, I think I'm going to be okay with that because just for some reason we're in, we're in that spotlight. We're just not performing this year. As far as Monday, you know, I want to hope for the best. I love my Miami Dolphins, and with Grunk being out now. Does it help us? It does, but the Patriots are still the Patriots with or without Gronkowski. I think we have a fighting shot to win on Monday. We really, really do. We looked decent against the Broncos, so as long as we can bring some of that on Monday without Gronkowski being a factor, I think we have a good shot on Monday. I think we have a good shot. I think we I think we have a very good chance, um, honestly. I, I think the Patriots are, are, are a very tough football team, as we saw when we were up in New England uh, just a f- uh, short two weeks ago. Uh, but one of the things that I noticed, outside of obviously taking a defeat in that game, the Dolphins battered and bruised Tom Brady all game, forced him yes. into mistakes, and the team drove down the football field. Matt Moore... 
you know, as as much as we, uh, as much as I personally like to rag on Matt Moore when he is the starting quarterback of this football team, uh, he's much better in a relief role. But he did play well. The mistake at half, just before halftime, the Dolphins were down uh, by just two scores. They were marching down the field. He threw an interception, an ill-advised pass. If the Dolphins were able to score on that drive and, of course, get the ball to begin the second half against New England, I think that game could have ended up going a little differently. I don't think they would have been blown away like they were uh, in the second half. I think they would have held it close. There's a big difference from New England to Miami, and here's one of the key things, Ashley, that that I want to get your opinion on. Tom Brady is a all-pro, all-level, future Hall of Famer, five Super Bowl rings. His career record in Miami is 7-8. and eight. There's only two cities he has a losing record. That's Miami and Denver. What is it about Miami when Tom Brady comes down here do you think that he feels? Obviously, outside of the Jason Taylors and Cameron Wakes, there's an atmosphere in South Florida during these games. What do you think Tom Brady, why does he struggle down in Miami? Well, I'm sure he knows that us fans are not a fan of him. You know, it, there's obviously a lot of tension. The tension that the Dolphins fans feel towards the Patriots, again, compared to the Jets, it's different. We we have so much – we want to beat them. You know, if we beat the Jets, it's great. But beating the Patriots, it's even better. So Tom Brady knows that he's going against the strong home, home field Dolphin fans. And he knows that it, it's a bloodbath. He knows that the Dolphins want to win that game more than anything. It's not even just about the fans. He knows that the Dolphins are giving it 150% against the Patriots. So he he's going against a lot of different factors. Um, and, I mean, you said if he is going to retire as a Hall of Famer, he's going to go down in history, whether he finishes with a winning record in Miami or a losing record in Miami. But, of course, us Dolphin fans want you know him to, of course, have less wins in Miami while he retires. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest things that, and, and, you know, this is conversation that has happened, you know, for a long time, you know, Jason Taylor, he had nothing but high praise when Jason Taylor was in the hall of fame. He said he was the toughest guy to scheme against because no matter what we did, no matter how hard we chipped him, he still found a way to get to me. At the same time, he said the same thing about Cameron Wake. Uh, now with Ndamukong Sue there, he was beaten up pretty bad he did not practice the entire week leading up to the bills game uh last week because he is battered and bruised uh i believe that we will see a bit of difference with tom brady this week in the offense to get chris hogan back you mentioned that gronk is not playing uh there's going to be a difference in this game and i think that tom brady's going to release that football as quickly as possible so the dolphins in my opinion really need to play press man because if Brady's going to try to get that ball out of his hand quick, you got to play as tight of coverage as you can to force him into more mistakes and continuously get after him. I don't care about the sack total uh, because, you know, for some reason this year the Dolphins just haven't been sacking the quarterback. Uh, but that also goes to show that each team that we have played understand that this pass rush is fast and they can get after you. Uh, and most quarterbacks have gotten the ball out quick. And if they do hang on, a.k.a. Trevor Simeon, um, he, the quarterbacks take a, beat, uh, take a beating. So I think we're going to see a big thing this week, Ashley, with Tom Brady getting the football out very quick against this Dolphins secondary. But with Xavier Howard and potentially Cordrea Tankersley playing uh, this week, 
I think he's going to have a hard time on those short passes. I think these guys are up for the challenge. Absolutely. Uh, Cam Wake, Jordan Phillips, on paper, we're great. You know, you look at those names just coming from paper, it, it, it's, it's intimidating. So as long as, you know, those guys can really pressure Brady, I think that's, that's going to help us maybe come out with a Monday Night Football uh, win this week. We can only hope. <laughs> uh, one, of the key, one of the key elements uh, was the trade that occurred uh, after our Thursday game against the Baltimore Ravens. We traded Jay Ajayi to the Philadelphia Eagles, um, leading to Damian Williams being the starting running back and Kenyon Drake as the backup. Now, that, of course, has it, personally has worked out, in my opinion. Uh, Ajayi has uh, has shown some flashes in Philadelphia, but he's also not getting the ball very much in Philadelphia, so uh, he's causing some headaches. We have Kenyon Drake with Damian Williams sitting out. Looks like uh, will be a second game. We'll get into that a little bit uh, as we talk about this game a little bit more um, in regards to the injury report. But Kenyon Drake, uh, since he has really taken on the, lo- uh, the lead back role uh, since the JHIE uh, trade, had 65 carries for 320 yards and two touchdowns, 18 catches for 110 yards, and also a touchdown there. Uh, what do you feel is the big dynamic change in the offense with Kenyon Drake versus Damian Williams, and for that matter, J.H.I. as well? Well, going back to J.H.I., you know, when I first heard that news, it was a shocker to all of us. I, I honestly thought that ESPN reported it wrong, and I thought they meant to say Jay Cutler got traded, not J.H.I. I was like, they, the wrong Jay got traded. So it was just a shock for all of us. With Drake, I think he brings a lot of energy to the team. Is he at his prime? No, I don't think he's at his prime right now. I think he still has a lot of development left to do, but I think that he is one of the stronger leaders on our team. I think he has the ability to keep producing well. Um, There's a lot of great team dynamic that he is creating, and as long as he stays healthy, I think it's nothing but uphill from here with him. I think so, too. And and with Kenyon Drake, uh, and I'm a big, big, big fan of his, and uh, Mike and I have had go- have gone back and forth about Kenyon Drake for now the, the last two years, his rookie year, and of course his second year. Uh, I f- firmly believe that if Kenyon Drake continues to develop uh, into this lead back role and he can take the you know the fifteen to twenty five carries a game, obviously we still need some help at running back. Uh, you know, Damian Williams is in a, uh, in a contract year. Not sure if he's going to be back with the team. So the Dolphins are really going to lean heavily on Kenyon Drake for these remaining games to see what he can bring to the table. I'm loving what I'm seeing at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. He was top-rated running back from PFF last week. Uh, he had 120 yards rushing. Beautiful, I mean, multiple runs that you thought, oh, God, here we go, stuck behind the line of scrimmage. But he found a way to break out of tackles, uh, jump cut, defensive linemen and linebackers for that 42-yard touchdown. The offensive line had nothing to do with that play. Uh, I think he brings such a different dynamic to this to this team, and I think that's why we see less negative plays in the ground game versus when Jay Ajayi was here because he was looking for those home runs. Kenyon Drake, watching the film on him, he hits the hole. He doesn't stutter. He goes. And exactly. I think that has led to a lot more positive plays and a lot more of a positive outlook uh, with the Dolphins on offense with him as the lead back. Yes, we still have Jay Cutler. Yes, the offense is still stagnant. Uh, but there are positives, and we got to look at the positives, and, and Kenyon Drake is definitely one of them. 
Uh, regarding the injury report, uh, Adam Gase I, I had his. Looking happy. It's not looking too good. Share. Do tell us more. Go ahead. Uh oh. Um. Unfortunately, uh, Damian Williams is out for the game. Oh, goodness. Uh, Matt Moore is also going to be out for the game. Uh, he will not be playing. So David Fales will be backing up again. Um, do you think missing Damian Williams this week is going to be a big factor? No, honestly, it's, it's one of those things where it would be great to have him in, but without him, I think we're still strong enough to, to uh, take care of the Patriots with or without him. I don't think he's that big of a key for us this week. I mean, it'd be great, but... I think we're still okay. I think so too. I, I, I think the, the the missing piece there, not having Damian Williams, is just it's gonna it's gonna be a lot more uh, touches for Kenyon Drake and and to make sure that he can handle the load. We'll, we will uh, we will have Sonoris Perry uh, and Devion Smith also active. Um, look for maybe Jakeem Grant to also get some touches out of the backfield uh, on maybe some gimmick plays. They they have to be extremely creative against the Patriots. They got to find ways. They got to find the holes uh, to expose this football team. Um, Regarding prediction, what is your prediction for this game on Monday night? Great question. I, hmm, with my Dolphin positive attitude, I'm going to say 30-24 Dolphins. 30-24 Dolphins. That is... Increase to 24 points. I uh, think. I'm quoting Tom Brady. I'm feeling 24 is a lucky number. And then hopefully we can put 30 on the board. What do you think? I'm going to quote that when I, when I put this, uh, when I put this out, I'm putting that in big, bold quotes. So people will, will hear that prediction from you. I actually, I think, uh, you know, I, I really believe that the dolphins will try to find a way to win this game. Uh, I, I think it'll be a little bit tighter. Uh, I'm going to go 21, 20. I believe Cody Parkey um, will uh, will kick that extra point to secure the win. Less than two minutes left, and no timeouts for the Patriots. I think they win twenty-one twenty with a late touchdown uh, to to secure a win. Now the Dolphins mathematically are not out of the playoffs yet. Um, they have shot. to win out. They have They're a shot. They need to win out. They need some help. They need the Titans to kind of fall back. They do have a tough schedule to end the season. Uh, the Ravens uh, also need to start losing. So there's a lot of things that have to happen for the Dolphins to get into uh, the postseason this year. But the first thing they have to do is they have to win the next four games. Do you believe playing Buffalo twice, New England this week, and Kansas City on Christmas Eve, do you believe the Dolphins will run the table? You know, that Buffalo twice concerns me because Buffalo is a team where they'll win six straight, then they'll lose six straight. So Buffalo is always one of those teams that you just don't know what, what, what's coming. And we play in New York and then, you know, they come play down here. Kansas city. Am I too worried about them? They're a team that, you know, they're not producing the the way they should be. You know, the word from a lot of Dolphin fans I've been hearing is they want to lose the rest of the games this season. They want us to, you know, get that higher draft pick this year. For me, no, you keep fighting strong. We, as long as we still have that shot, you know, if we can beat New England, I think that'll be the confidence, the, the booster that we really need to continue those last three games, uh, you know, two against the Bills, one against Kansas City to really, really seal the deal, and hopefully everything else falls in place to get us going in the playoffs this year. I'm hoping. It's a long shot, but it's, it's still possible. 
It is possible. You never know. Any given week, it could happen. Uh, hopefully, we we see the Dolphins run the table to get to nine and seven, finish the year on a high note, and then you know if it's the playoffs or not the playoffs. We know that we're getting back Ryan Tannehill in the offseason, uh, and he'll have a full workload going into next year. So we should be set at quarterback. Uh, but we'll we'll dive into that as we progress um, uh, throughout the rest of the regular season and into the offseason. You mentioned that Gronk is out this week. Uh, of course, his suspension is being upheld by uh, the NFL. What are your thoughts, Gronk getting a one-game suspension for a a legal hit to the back of the head of an opponent that's lying face down after an interception five seconds after the play is over versus J.J. Schuster from the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, throwing a block on Vontez Burfecht and getting a one-game suspension for a football play. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Absolutely. What we saw from Gronk last week was not Gronk light, put it that way. Gronk has this image of being this great guy in the community, big teddy bear. What he did, honestly, looking at that over and over again, he had a blackout. There's no way in his right mind that he went in for a hit like that straight-minded. Because, you know, that hit, it was assault. If that happened on the street, Gronk would be in jail, okay? I know the game of football, it's getting dirtier, it's getting rough. We got all that. But what Gronk did to him was straight-up assault. You know, people got all huffy about the Kiko Alonso hit to Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco was in the process of going down when Kiko hit him. And, yeah, Kiko hit him hard, but Joe Flacco was not down yet. Kiko hit him on the process of going down. What Gronk did was unacceptable. A one-game suspension is a joke. Gronk should be out for the rest of the season. They're, even the Patriots, you know, they, they won't do this, but the Patriots should even punish him, you know, suspend him, whatever they got to do in their own matters, not just take the NFL's word and have the NFL punish him. It is disgusting. A lot of fans lost a lot of they lost a lot of respect for Gronk, and you can just hope that you know something good comes out of this situation. Whether he, I, I don't even know. It just what he did was just ridiculous. You can't Juju's hit was it, it's night and day, apples and oranges. You know, it's totally different type of hit. If it's a one game suspension and a one game suspension comparing those two hits, it's 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 ridiculous. I agree with you. I think that I think the only people that didn't lose respect for Gronkowski is Patriots fans. They believe that the refs are to blame for his anger after the play is over due to him not getting calls, him always getting grabbed and shoved, and frustration boiling over. Uh, that's BS. That's BS. He knew what he was doing. That was premeditated. That's why the NFL upheld the suspension. J.J. Schuster made a football play. Yes, it was a hard hit. Yes, it was a little blindside block. Um at the same time, I don't think he should have been suspended for next week's game. Um, it, it, hit him awful. with the fine. I, you know, if you want to do it, hit him with the fine and, and, and move forward. You don't need to suspend him over that, you know? I agree with you. I The NFL really needs to sit down this offseason and figure out suspendable offenses and keep it consistent. Well, <laughs> keep the Roger, plays now consistent. That, now that Roger Goodell got his uh, contract extended, that's what he should be working on, you know. He's the leader of the NFL. This is what he needs to be doing now that he has this huge extension. So that's something he needs to put on his, his to-do list, you know. I, I agree with you. And that was the other news that we wanted to talk about was Roger Goodell. Uh, got a five-year, $200 million extension. Must it's be like nice. watching Alex Rodriguez sign another extension with the Yankees. Uh, I mean, that's just 
$40 million to appease Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, Arthur Blank, and all the other owners in the league. Um, where Jerry Jones at this point has really did not did not want this extension to happen. I think, uh, and you may agree or disagree with me here, Ashley, but I think part of the problem with the NFL ratings as well as um, a lot of this tension on the field with the anthems and off the you know and some of the off the field things with the suspensions and the the Ezekiel Elliott and going to U.S. Appeals Court for these things that happen. I think he's got too much power, and I think really the biggest issue is him. I think people are just fed up with Roger Goodell being judge, jury, and executioner. What do you think? I agree 110%. You know, what really has he done for the league? I mean, good and bad in everybody, but there's this year alone in the NFL, there's been so many issues. Like you said, the whole kneeling, and then the hits, and then these referees that are just so inconsistent. It's it's Something needs to be done. He needs to really – if you're going to be – in a position of that high, you know, you really need to get everything set. And you can just hope that the next few years the NFL become better because I can't imagine anything getting worse at this point. He really needs to get the act together unless the ratings are going to keep dropping. And it's just going to get bad. It's going to get bad. I think so, too. And I, this, this extension really is going to affect the next collective bargaining agreement that's going to be in the next four years. Um, if Goodell is in charge of this whole thing, there has to be some major changes, and the players are not going to give him what he wants this time. I think that's going to be clear. Um, so let's enjoy our football now because we might be on, uh, there might be a strike coming in the, in the near future. Um, hey guys, let's hope not, but you know, just my gut feeling is that that could be the Sinbad case because he's got too much power. Sinbad Sports um, is the number so one sports That's going to do it for uh, the, the Daily Show. The However, we are to going to be welcoming in our special guest today, Richmond Webb, Marlins, Hall of Fame Miami, Miami Dolphin, offensive tackle, not pro football Hall of Fame, much unfortunately, but we, we need to continue our hashtag, Richmond Webb, H-O-F, to get him in the Hall of Fame as soon as possible. The man deserves it, but he will be joining Ashley and myself after these message from Sinbad Sports, our sponsor, and we will be back with Richard Webb after this break. South University Drive, Davie, Florida. Tell them DolphinsTalk.com sent you. Ends up, guys. Welcome back to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. I am Tom. I have Ashley as well. Uh, I'd like to welcome in our guest today, uh, Richmond Webb. Thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Good. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, before we get into the Dolphins conversation, I, I need to ask, you are a former Texas A&M Aggie. Obviously, some big news this week with Jimbo Fisher coming aboard uh, for a 10-year, $75 million contract to be the next head coach. Do you believe that was the right move for the program, and are you excited for the future of Aggies football? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. Uh, you know, um, I, I think it was the right move. <clears throat> I think as far as uh, football, we're trying to get to the next level. And, uh, you know, a few years back, Johnny Manziel won the, the highest of the And that kind of gave us more natural exposure. But um, now that we're in the SEC and stuff like that, if we can, you know, compete for SEC West Championship, play the SEC uh, championship game and possibly get into the uh, the playoff system. I, I think that's what everybody wants. So um, 
when we had an opportunity to bring in Jimbo Fisher, I, I think it was um, it wasn't a question. I think um, he probably interviewed and based on what he said, he was the right man for the job, and and uh, I was just happy they got the deal done. So I'm I'm very excited about that. Excellent. And, and now getting into the Dolphins conversation, what are your thoughts on the Dolphin season at this point? Uh, uh, it's kind of been a roller coaster ride. Um, based on the way we finished up last year, you know, I, I really had higher expectations than where we are now. But um, I understand Tannehill got hurt, um, um, training camp, whatever, which kind of threw a monkey wrench. And then we bring in Jay Cutler, and then um, we have seemed like some distractions. We end up trading a Jai. Um, we have the distraction with the offensive line coach, uh, which was kind of unexpected. And we, this was two or three weeks ago. We had a, another incident with a player being out on Saturday night and, you know, end up releasing that guy. So um, I think it's just been um, a bunch of distractions, but I think Coach Gates is doing the right thing is, you know, establishing order and discipline. And then, you know, we build from that. But I had my expectations were higher uh, the way we finished up last year. And if everybody stayed healthy and everything, I thought we were definitely playoff contenders. But, you know, we're going to get it together. Absolutely. So I have a question for you. Now, the Dolphins, you you mentioned about the Dolphins losing their offensive coach midway through the season this year to an odd circumstance that we really don't need to go into. But as a former offensive line player, how much of an effect do you think that losing your offensive line coach during the season really has on the offensive line unit overall? Yeah, um, I'm sure they had somebody step in, but, um, you know, that's the guy that's been there that's kind of working with with everybody, you know, his philosophy, you know, uh, blocking this, drawing out the run schemes and how we're going to protect blitz pickups and all that. So, um, I think the biggest thing probably for everybody was just shock that, you know, you know, once that video and stuff surfaced and definitely, you know, I think everybody wants him to get help. I think everybody understands it's an addiction. Um, you know, I wish him well. I just want him to get help so he can kind of recover from that. Um, I don't wish anything bad on him because um, I think that's where a lot of people, you know, take time to throw shots and saying, if I was that guy went through that, but when you have an uh, an addiction to drugs or anything like that, you don't think clearly, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. So I'm just praying that you know he gets on the right track and gets himself situated. But as far as the offensive line, um, along with losing your coach, and we're still kind of shuffling guys in and out. Um, it's hard to kind of get some cohesiveness when. You know, I'm playing with this guy two weeks and, you know, somebody else two or three weeks. So if we can get them healthy and kind of all playing together at the same time, I think we'll really see uh, them really make strides and and definitely play a whole lot better. Absolutely. Now, you're you're obviously you're one of the greatest left tackles to ever play the game. Uh, It's year two for Laramie Tunsil. Last year they had Brandon Albert at left tackle and – uh, Tunsil was uh, playing at left guard. Now we transition him back into his natural position. How do you think he is doing uh, now that he's back at left tackle? And do you think playing guard affected him at all uh, going into this season? Um, 
I don't think playing guard um, probably affected him too much, only because he played the position left tackle uh, at Ole Miss, and you know he was like the top lineman coming out. Um, I think the, probably one of the biggest things is just learning to work and communicate with the guy that you're playing next to, whether it's the left guard or tight end or whatever. It, it, I, I, you got to really study film and really kind of get an act and a feel for the guy you're playing against. And the better you communicate um, and get a feel for each other, it just it makes your job a lot easier. And, and you know, that's why I give Keith Sims a lot of credit. You know, we came in from day one, worked together, but we just kind of jailed right off. It was kind of like we were meant to, you know, be put together. And, and that was like a hand in a glove and, and everything just worked out. And, we were fortunate enough pretty much to stay healthy and, you know, we played, played side by side for several years. So um, if he can get the communication down and, and someone consistently that uh, can match his level of play, um, I think we'll be set on the left side for, for quite some time. Now, you mentioned uh, communication with, uh, with your, with your tight end that could be lined up next to you or your left guard. Now you had, a great left guard and a great teammate, Keith Sims. Uh, he mentioned a few weeks ago he he went on Twitter and sent a question to Omar regarding uh, you know some things for Omar's uh, show. And one of the things he brought up was uh, the O line and why has the drafting been so bad and and how could you as well as Richmond Webb uh, yourself come in and play as rookies and and go 12 and 4 in your rookie year but now this new offensive line uh, they can't touch the field like Isaac Asiata still hasn't seen the field at all this year um, is it something about the schemes in college or are are the coaches really trying to bring these guys along more slowly uh, than it was in the past I, I think it's definitely um I think it's definitely with uh, the scheme or whatever, and, and not only offensive line play, but um, a lot of times uh, quarterbacks have, it takes them a little bit more time to develop, and it's the spread offense. Um, basically, it's the offense. It's um, a lot of passing. Um, you know, you run at least, you know, four receivers, and you're constantly throwing the ball. So a lot of guys, never have to get in a three-point stand. So when you come from college and you never had to done it, now you've got to be retrained to learn how to do that and get comfortable with it before you can really be put into um, into a football game. Same thing with quarterbacks. You know, they're always in the shotgun, but then they have issues taking a snap under centers because they've never done it. And uh, I think this spread offense definitely attributes to guys struggling or slowing down their process as far as them making the, a smoother transition once they get to the NFL. So um, if you can run the spread but still kind of run a base offense where a guy gets up on the center or whatever, um, I think it definitely helps. But um, I definitely think it definitely has affected uh, when guys, you know, go to the next level, the NFL, and then it takes them a while to kind of grasp that concept and get things going. So, yeah, I definitely think it's, it's the offensive schemes that they're running in college. Perfect. Um, these days, who do you – who is your favorite left tackle to watch? Um, I, I really like uh, Smith from uh, the Cowboys. 
their offensive line is probably one of the best. The Eagles have a real good um, uh, offensive line overall as a unit. And um, he got hurt this year, but Joe Thomas from Cleveland Browns uh, actually met him a few years ago, but uh, definitely like watching him. Those are some of the people that kind of stand out to me, right? You know, just right off. I watched the Dolphins, but other than the Dolphins, those are some of the some of the guys that that just pop out when you when the first thing that comes to mind when you answer that question. Okay. And who do you think is the best ta- left tackle in the league currently? Mm. Um, probably those guys. I probably mentioned. I probably put you know Thomas Smith, Thomas from uh. Cleveland Browns, uh, Smith from the Cowboys. Uh, I can't remember the guys with the Eagles, but uh, those those two that really uh, stand out. I'd probably say Smith because Joe Thomas is, uh, I think that hurt this year. He's out for the season. Um, but um, those two guys uh, kind of stick out in my mind right now. Okay. And talk a little bit about Coach, Coach Adam Geese. You know, he's a very, very young coach. He's not even 40 years old yet. Do you think it can be a problem when a head coach is that young? No, um, I, I, I think the thing is um, it's not too much age or experience. It's getting guys to respect you and buy into um, uh, what you're trying to do, your vision or whatever. And um, I think a lot of fans didn't agree with, you know, like with the Josh situation or whatever, but for him to be released or, or, or to be let go, Definitely had to be some, I think, internal issues. I'm not there, but um, the way the guy runs the ball and stuff like that, I, I think it was some mental errors or, or, you know, blitz pickups or whatever. I think I read some on that. But, you know, you can't just be one-dimensional and say, um, you know, I'm going to run the football. you gotta, you got to block, you know, when it's time to throw the football as well. So, um I think he said in the standards, you say, this is not going to be tolerated. And the, the, the quicker you get the guys out with causing the issue and, and, and bring the guys together, I think it, it's going to get everybody on the same page and it will be easy to build and get, get everything going the right way. So I really have the, the, the smooth, I mean, the rough stuff right now. Let's smooth it out and then we'll be ready to go uh, next year. Now, at the at the end of your career in Miami, uh, you played a few years with Zach Thomas, uh, who was recently uh, left off the semifinalist list for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, do you believe he belongs in the Hall of Fame? And also Jimmy Johnson. You you also played for Jimmy towards the uh, towards the end of your career as well. Uh, both of them, um, Zach was left off the semifinalist, and Jimmy is on the semifinalist list. Uh, do you think uh, Zach eventually will get in, and do you believe also Jimmy Johnson uh, will get in this year? Yeah, uh, um, I, I saw Chris Johnson made it. I knew Zach was on the um, initial list. I think I was on the initial list, but neither one of us made the um, um, semifinalists or whatever. But I, I do think Coach Johnson is deserving of um, – uh, the Hall of Fame, uh, the summer stuff he accomplished, e- even in a short amount of time, he was actually, you know, head coach, but um, he definitely can coach football. He knows football, one of the smartest coaches probably I played for. Um, Zach, his resume speaks for itself. Definitely should be a Hall of Famer. Um, but he's, 
Yes, we got the similar characteristic. You know, you ask Zach, he's pr- he's probably not going to self promote or he's not going to get pissed off and say, "Well, I should have been here." This and that. Um, he's going to let his body of work kind of speak for him and the stuff he accomplished. You know, leading the team in time for the year. I think he played. Zach might have played twelve or thirteen years. I can't remember, but it's something like that. But um, played at a high level for that long, and uh, yeah, he definitely deserves to be in there. As you do too, and I am still going to pump hashtag Richmond Web HOF. You you hundred percent belong in the Hall of Fame, and uh, w- you're going to get there. Believe me, I think we just need to slap some voters around a little bit <laughs> to get them to recognize what you've done uh, in your NFL career. Uh, with the Miami Dolphins, you know, uh, have you had a chance to go to any Dolphins game this year in person and see them live? Were you able to be on the sidelines at any point during uh, any of the ceremonies or anything like that? No, I, I, the good thing was I was fortunate. I, I, I went to the Hall of Fame this year, definitely see uh, Jason Taylor um, get inducted for his induction. And um, I was glad to experience that. I saw a lot of old teammates and a lot of people from you know, Dolphin organization, but, um, you know, I live in Houston, so we're kind of rebuilding. We got flooded from the Hurricane Harvey, so that kind of threw everything off this year. But um, I would definitely be there next year, but not. I didn't make it down this year. I was planning on – I normally make it to at least one game, sometimes two, but I, I, I didn't make it down this year, so I'll definitely be back in the rotation next year. How is everything going with the recovery? Uh, I'm sorry to hear that you were quite affected by the hurricane that hit in uh, September, but uh, how how's everything going? Is cleanup okay? Cleanup is okay. Got that, and uh, we're just you know, putting the stuff back together in the house. And I, I think we'll have everything done right after the new year. So everything's going along good. It was just the first probably few days after you first come back, it just you know you get hit and you just kind of like shocked or surreal or you're like man it's really happening you start tearing out stuff so uh, the good thing was the way people responded people volunteered I mean people we didn't even know uh, as a city people came together and I think that was a good thing because um, it just showed that people do care you hear so much negative stuff on television that I mean it was a beautiful thing to see the way people just what you need you know, people have to move furniture out or do whatever they could. People just strangers. So it was, it was a, it was a good thing, and I think that really helped the process as far as, um, you know, keeping everybody's mind right. Because um, I'm telling you, when you get hit hit with it and you never been through it before, it can be it, it can be disheartening. But now everybody's in good spirits. I, I appreciate you asking. Thanks, thanks for that as well. No problem. Uh, you know, I hope everything continues to go well for you in the recovery. Um, that's all the questions we have. Uh, Richmond, let the fans know where they can follow you on social media, um, and uh, we'll we'll let you go. Yeah, I'm uh, on Twitter probably best. I think I don't have any more spots on Facebook, but um, just Richmond Web on Twitter. And um, I don't tweet as much as everybody, but uh, I do tweet every now and then. Maybe sometimes then the uh, Dolphin games, if I'm really watching it, I don't tweet too much. Um, but I'll tweet a little bit during college football and stuff like that. But, uh, Twitter at Richmond Web is the easiest way to follow me. 
Excellent. Well, Richmond, thank you again for joining us. We hope you have a, uh, a great rest of your day. And uh, what are your thoughts on Monday's football game? Hey, uh, every every week I'm rooting for the Dolphins. So, hey, I'm, I'm riding with the Dolphins. It doesn't matter who we're playing. So, um, I think we can come out with a win. So, I'm rooting for the Dolphins. Excellent. Well, again, absolutely. Thank you very much, Richmond. We appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks for having me on the show. Y'all have a good day. All right. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the DolphinsTalk.com podcast. Be sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com every day for all of your latest Miami Dolphins news.